Hi, Tony Bellamy back here on Just Coolin' the podcast. And, you know, our discussion today is, you know, the great Miles Davis, somewhat of a controversial figure, both black and white. Uh, uh, we're discussing, you know, I'm, I'm just asking a question that came out of, you know, two books I, I read. One was the Miles biography, autobiography by Professor Quincy Troop, and the other book was um, Out of the Cool um, by Gil Evans. Two different perspectives on Miles Davis, uh, which is quite is kind of interesting, you know, because you read about Miles. And, and the question was, let me not digress, my name's Tony Bellamy once again, just cooling. Um, why Miles? Why is Miles, you know, most people in jazz, when they think of anybody in jazz, they, they think of Miles. And... Um, you know, they don't think of the Kenny Dorums, um, the Clifford Browns, the Dizzy Gillespie's, Fats Navarro, just to name a few, Donald Byrd, uh, uh, Freddie Hubbard. Uh, I can go on with the list and list of all these great trumpeters that came from the uh, late 40s all the way through the 60s and 70s. Lee Morgan, of course. Um, and they never got the light with Miles. And now you might say, you know, is that a bitter pill? Uh, no, I'm just trying to tell you my own journey of finding out why Miles was Miles and why the others didn't get that light, uh, particularly Dizzy Gillespie, the, the innovator of bebop. Uh, Miles, as I said in part one, um, couldn't play the bebop sound, uh, which was, you know, very fast notes um, uh, that were done by the geniuses of both uh, Charlie Bird Parker and Dizzy Gillespie. And Bird, uh, uh, Miles said more or less that the music was too black, okay? And, you know, it was uh, all black musicians and they were trying to keep that thing just within themselves. They believed in the art form. Uh, Miles, on the other hand, was always a guy that was looking ahead how to you know, come out with new sounds and something that he couldn't play. So he came up with this cool music. And I don't think even Miles called it cool. I think he called it modal, space type of music, meaning that there were spaces in between notes. One good note, knowing how to play that tone. And that's what Miles did. Uh, the last time I, I spoke to you guys in part one was The Birth of Cool. Now, The Birth of Cool was an album that was re actually recorded between 1949 and 1950. Uh, kept together by Gil Evans because there was a constant rotation of new musicians that were coming in and out. And it wasn't finally released until 1954. Uh, and then 1957, then the complete Birth of Cool was released in the 1970s, man. So, but being it was in the 1950s when it was released, Miles became a star. And, and thus uh, moving ahead and, and having his own beefs with, with black musicians who didn't forgive him <laughs> for what he had done. But at the same time, Miles gained a, a mainstream white audience, okay? Uh, Miles was like, almost like you would say, the modern or the, at that time what Jay-Z and Puffy were, okay? Uh, he, if you wanted to put it in that context, but it gives you an idea of how he stepped away and was able to market himself and become a brand. He didn't want to stay in the same bag all the time. And that's no fault of Miles. Miles believed in moving ahead and, and going into different forms of the music. Uh, no fault of Miles Davis. But that question was answered to me. Why Miles? 
well, he made it to a white audience. The white audience came, dug what he was doing, okay? And he um, also started a new form of music. When you had Stan Getz, Paul Desmond, uh, uh, you know, coming out with their forms of jazz because of what the birth of cool did. Uh, even today, you even see movies with Birth of Cool, or as the album was called, Birth of the Cool, all right? And if you think I'm saying all these things that, you know, I'm coming out of the side of my head, just check out the book, Miles Davis, the autobiography, in Miles' own words, he tells you what's happening. And then Gil Evans' book, uh, Out of the Cool. So I'm, I'm giving you the facts, okay, uh, as I see them or what they said, okay? Um, but it's interesting about why Miles got the light and why the other guys didn't. By the way, you're listening to Blues for Pablo uh, with Gil Evans, who happened to be the arranger. And, and what does an arranger do? An arranger is like a coach. He has a great football team. He has great talent of quarterbacks and, and, and running backs. And he knows who's going to be able to score those touchdowns for him, make that sound, make it happen. So Miles was a star for uh, the birth of the cool. And as, as I said before, the birth of cool had um, several releases and um, released all the way up into the 1970s. Now, as I said, Miles was a guy always looking ahead. Uh, and while I digress, you know, Miles also played down at a, a club called Cafe Bohemian in the, in the West Village. Um, and, and also Oscar Pettiford played down there. Oscar had a cut that was famous. Uh, to tell you, give me an idea what Miles was like. He came, Oscar had a cut called um, Bohemia After Dark, okay? And it went like, do, 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 do. So, Miles dug that cut. And he said, wow, you know. So he came out with a cut called, so what? And um, Oscar kind of laughed. And he's like, you know, that's my music. And he uses that whole bass line through there. Gives you an idea. Miles was always looking. He was sharp. But, you know, he'd say it was his. You know, as, as he did with The Birth of Cool, um, where John Lewis and Jerry Mulligan and hardly uh, any credit went to the great Gil Evans. And Miles became the star. As we move into the 60s and 70s, Miles started changing up with different lineups. And by 69, 1970, he came out with uh, an album, double album, I believe, uh, not I believe, but it was a double album uh, called Bitches Brew, which had on there John McLaughlin, Chick Corea, Wayne Shorter, um, just just to name a few of those artists uh, that were on that particular album. So Miles was always moving ahead. Now, that Fusion album that came on that, you know, Another another thing with Miles, uh, they, it's always been said that Miles was the inventor, the innovator of fusion in the public side of electric going on with jazz. But the actual innovator was a young drummer that was in Miles' band uh, with Wayne Shorter um, uh, and, and Tony Williams, the great drummer, um, and uh, Herbie Hancock. So it was Tony Williams who came out with the innovator of the uh, fusion uh, was the, he was the guy you know uh, that that came out with that whole thing 
of moving ahead and knowing how to do it. Miles dug it once again, and Miles said, "Yeah, I'm going to go ahead." So it got out there, but you know that Miles kind of innovated. But Miles never said nothing, but he didn't dispute it either, <laughs> you know. So Miles, once again, you know, you, you know, some of you guys are looking at me probably through the podcast, saying, you know, man, you know, what are you saying? You know, this is taboo, sacrilege. You know, I'm just telling you some something interesting, you know, that I found out about Miles. Not to take away from Miles playing, Miles was Miles, okay? And and the interesting thing, too, about him, once again, Miles moving ahead, um, found the music of Jimi Hendrix, something that he really, a guy he really wanted to play with. And him and Gil Evans both uh, loved uh, Jimi Hendrix. And we're going to do a recording, but unfortunately, in in that September, in the early 70s, um, Jimi passed away. And so that never came about. You know, but as I said, Miles was always about even a title of his music, you know, uh, one of his albums called Miles Ahead. Miles was always looking forward. And, you know, he didn't want to stay in the same bag. Um, he, he believed in the fusion and the notes and the space of the music, which was modal. That came actually, uh, the innovators of that was, was Thelonious Monk. Uh, you know, Monk was a, one of probably one of the most musical geniuses. Uh, I would say in the 20th century, but he didn't have the look, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) So that's how that went down, kind of, all right? Um, And Miles also was able to own his music, which means he got pretty rich, you know, he got wealthy from it, and that's, that's good for Miles. So if I've answered your question, I've answered my question, why Miles? You just heard about it. Here on the podcast, WJAZ Just Coolin'. Blues for Pablo, Miles Davis, Miles Ahead with Gil Evans. I'm Tony Bellamy.